The room grew still as she made her way to Jesus. She stumbled through the tears that made her blind. She felt such shame. Some spoke in anger, heard folks whisper, there's no place here for her kind. Still on she came through the pain that flushed her face till at last she knelt before his feet and though she spoke no words everything she said was heard as she poured her love for the master from her box of alabaster and I've come to pour my praise on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box. Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair. You weren't there the night he found me. You did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his love all around me. And you don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster. I can't forget the way life used to be. I was a prisoner to the sin that had me bound. I spent my days, poured my life without measure into a little treasure box I thought I'd found until the day when Jesus came to me and healed my soul with the wonder of his touch so now I'm giving back to him all the praise he's worthy of I've been forgiven and that's why I love him so much I've come to pour my praise on him like oil from Mary's alabaster box. Don't be angry if I wash his feet with my tears and I dry them with my hair, my hair. You You did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me. And you don't know the cost 
of the oil You don't know the cost of my praise You don't know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But when things change and you're down in the valley, don't lose faith for you're never alone for the god on the mountain is to god in the valley when things go wrong he'll make them right and the god in the good times is to god in the bad times the God of the day is still God in the night. You talk of faith when you're up on the mountain. The talk comes easy when life's at its best. But down in the valley, of trials and temptations that's when faith is really put to the test God on the mountain is still God in the valley when things go wrong he'll make them right and the God in the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. Our God of the day is still God in the night.
Well, this song right here has certainly ministered to me a lot here lately, and, and I pray that it'll be a blessing to y'all tonight as well. Every time I tried to make it on my own, every time I tried to stand and start to fall, all those lonely roads that I've traveled on, there was Jesus. When the life I built came crashing to the ground, when the friends I had were nowhere to be found, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. For the man who needs amazing kind of grace, for forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay. I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day. There was Jesus. There was Jesus in the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I'm going, even when I didn't know it or couldn't see it, there was Jesus. There was Jesus. There was Jesus. Oh, heart of mine. Why must you stray from one so fair? You run away from one time. You have to pay the heaviness of needless shame. Oh, heart of mine. Come back home You've been too long Out on your own And he's been there All along Watching for you down the road So come home running His arms are open wide his name is jesus he understands he is the answer you are looking for so come home running 
just as you are. Oh, child of God, so dearly loved and ransomed by the Savior's blood and called by name daughter and son wrapped in the robe of righteousness so come home running his arms are open wide his name is jesus and he understands he is the answer you are looking for so come home running just as you are so come home running his arms are open wide his name is jesus and he understands he is the answer you are looking for so come home running just as you are so come home running just as you are so come home running just as you are amen praise the
Tonight, did we everything I have, everything I am, am I willing to give it to Jesus? That's another part of what revival's about. I took good notes last night, but I, all I can tell you is it's D's and dedication and devotion and trying to remind the choir about that that determination, desire. Okay, see, we took notes. My memory, I'm I'm getting old, but the uh, I used one of my trying to push the uh, dedication to the choir some of you congregation I'm talking to you uh, but we're having, we're having tryouts right now so if you'll stand and sing with me higher ground are you seeking that today I'm pressing on the upward way new heights I'm gaining every day still praying as I onward bound Lord plant my feet My faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Y'all look awful sad. I think you need to go ahead and, and we'll welcome as you sing in this next verse. We'll come back and we'll sing the last verse after you get your hugs in. How about that? Take a few minutes and fellowship and bring back your smile. I think I see a smile out there. One or two. We're going to sing that last verse of Higher Ground. And let's, let's see if we don't look like we feel it now. I want to scale the utmost height And catch a gleam of glory bright But still I'll pray till heaven I found Lord, lead me on to
you know, as we're looking forward to Easter this weekend, and are you looking forward to Easter? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The old rugged cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So
trumpet to sound, he'll, he'll call us home. And I praise the Lord for that. And uh, what a wonderful reminder tonight. And you know, we can gather like this. We can uh, sing that wonderful truth in song. And we know that it's reality. Just like Zach preached last night. We're already home. This world's not our home. And I'm grateful for that. And that ought to put a smile on our face and give us some joy tonight. And I, I pray that that would be the case for all of us tonight. That we'd receive what God has for us. And, and I'm grateful for each of you and uh, those of you joining online. Some of you have been here every night. And what a blessing that that is. And, and I pray that God will, uh, will just magnify himself tonight. That he will be glorified. And of course, we're going to uh, take a love offering tonight. And uh, once again, uh, this goes to take care of God's man. Have you enjoyed Preacher's Act this week? Uh, I certainly have, and I thank God for him. I appreciate you, brother, and, and your faithfulness to minister God's word. And, and uh, we're also going to pray uh, uh, for Zach's vocal cords tonight. Uh, and I pray that God will touch that. And, and uh, so uh, uh, just appreciate him laboring so much for the Lord and, and just ask God to touch him and use him tonight once again as he's done all week. Uh, I know I'm, I'm experiencing revival right now in my soul. And uh, so, so you give as the Lord leads. And uh, once again, if you want to make a check out, you can make that out to LFBC. And uh, then we'll, we'll uh, take and, and get it to, uh, to Zach. But let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we give you praise tonight, Lord, for who you are. And, and we thank you for that old rugged cross. Lord, we, we know that we cherish it. To some, Lord, it's foolish, but not to us. We thank you, Lord, for what it means, a symbol of your great love and and the, the place, Lord, where you paid it all with your precious blood for our sin. That we could be right with you. And we have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. And have heaven as our home. Oh God, we thank you for that eternal inheritance that's ours already. And I just pray, Lord, that tonight, God, that, that, Lord, that we'll worship you and we'll look to you. God will be open to you tonight. And Lord, I pray for preacher Zach, God, that you'll touch his vocal cords and give him strength. Touch him from on high, Lord Jesus, and use him. God, as he's faithful to proclaim your word. And I just ask, God, that we'd be faithful to receive it and be obedient to it, Lord, as you speak. Lord, I pray you'll bind the evil one from this place. God, may you move and have freedom and access to our hearts tonight. God, will give you praise. For it's in Jesus' precious holy name, all God's people said.
heart that's been broken and wounded by sin there is healing when you call on his name at the He shall return some glad day, a blessed appearing for those who've obeyed. Every tongue shall confess Him to be Lord of lords. They shall bow to the power in His name. At the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, since chains are broken, the captives time to, to hear the word of God preached and I pray that we'll be receptive to that and once again I, I love you brother Zach appreciate you so much and uh, we've met uh, prior to the service each night to pray together and and it's always great to enter the throne room of grace call on the Lord and uh, one of the things that uh, that was prayed was that you know if the Holy Spirit doesn't take charge then this is just going to be another meeting and another night we'll turn the lights out and we'll go home I don't know about you, but that's not my heart's desire. I want to hear from God. And I pray God will speak to us tonight. And, and all we got to do is open the Word of God and listen to the man of God. He's been faithful to pray and prepare. And I pray that God will take charge right now for His glory. Come on, Brother Zach, and, and preach as the Lord leads and then close however you see fit. Amen. Thank you, Brother Mark. Choir, I was blessed by that song. 
Bible says, Therefore hath God highly exalted him, and given him a name that's above every name. Amen? At the name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and begin turning with me to Romans chapter number 9. Romans chapter number 9. Well, tonight I'm excited to be with you one more time. I have considered this a great joy to be with you throughout these nights of revivals and I pray that these have not just been meetings but I pray that these have been a time that you've met with God and I'm so excited brother Mark for your friendship and for the opportunity to be here and I want to say to you Liberty First Baptist Church you've got a great man of God he's not only my friend but he's a man of God he loves the Word, and he loves the Word of God. He loves to preach it. He loves to teach it. He stands on it. He stands with it. And I appreciate men like him. And I want to say this to you. He loves you too. And I'm thankful that he's your pastor. And I, I want to say that I'm blessed tonight to see some of these Jones Avenue people here tonight. I've got some folks back over here that's been here every night. And I appreciate them. One of them raised his hand. That's you, Dylan. Amen. It's all right. I recognize you. I appreciate you, buddy. And uh, some of these folks have been here every night, but one. And Boy, I just appreciate them, their encouragement, their love, their support. It's good to have my wife here with me tonight. And uh, she's been busy the last few nights taking my daughter to singing and other things. Uh, but it's good to have her here tonight and my daughter Bella who's been with me the last couple nights and it's just a joy to be with your family in church amen all six of us are in church uh, the other three are at our home church right now serving and being ministered to and I appreciate them if you're physically able I invite you to stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word and it's so good to have my Sunday school teacher here tonight he's taking notes over here and uh I'm not sure if he's taking notes to give me a grade or if he's going to use my notes on, on the next time he teaches. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. It's good to have my Sunday school teacher, Dennis, here tonight. He was with us last night as well. Romans chapter number 9. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 tonight. The Bible says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for I could wish that myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren my kinsmen according to the flesh tonight I want to preach if God would so help me and allow me on this subject passion for the lost I believe one of the great needs of the hour is for the church of the living God to once again have a heaven-sent passion for lost people to hear the gospel and be saved. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just humbly submit myself, Lord, under your lordship, under your leadership, God, and I pray, oh God, that you'd fill me with your spirit. Lord, I pray you'd use me tonight that I might be a vessel for thy glory. God, help me to preach as a dying man to dying people. Lord, help me to preach as a dying man because there's 
dying people all around us that need to hear the gospel. Father, use us tonight. Stir us up. May we fall in love with Jesus all over again. But Lord, I pray that we'd fall in love with lost people so much that we'd tell them about Jesus. Father, move tonight, I pray. Bless your people. Bless your dear church. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I want to preach and give you three truths about having a passion for the lost. I want to hang this sermon on three words. In verse number one, I want to talk about the sincerity. In verse number two, I want to talk about the sorrow. And in verse number three, I want to talk about the sacrifice or sacrificial. You see, beloved, we live in a day where there's lost people all around us. And when Paul is writing this ninth chapter inspired of the Lord, he is writing with a burdened heart. He's burdened about the lostness all around him. He's writing because his brethren, his kinsmen, those fellow Jews are, are lost in their rejecting Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Messiah. And I wonder tonight as I make that statement, is First Baptist Liberty burdened because there's lostness in liberty? I wonder, First Baptist Liberty, if you're burdened because people tonight are rejecting Jesus. And one day because they have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior, one day, as the old time preachers used to say, they're going to bust hell wide open. You say, preacher, you ought not say that. Is it untrue? It ought to burden you, Liberty First Baptist. I've called you First Baptist Liberty and Liberty First. So you just pick whichever one's right and just act like I got it right. Amen? Hey, it ought to burden you. When Paul is writing, he's writing with a burdened heart. He's writing with sorrow of heart because his kinsmen, his brethren are lost in their rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I studied this text, I'm reminded that Romans chapter 9 follows right behind Romans chapter 8. That's pretty smart. I had to go to Bible college to learn that. Amen. But you say, what is the importance of that? Can I tell you that as he writes with a burdened heart in Romans chapter 9, it is following the uh, Romans 8 where it talks about being filled with the Spirit and that Christ's life. And can I tell you, you can't have the burden that you need to have in Romans chapter 9 until you know what it means to be filled with God, living for God, and the Lord being the Lord of your life and being the sufficiency of your life. And so after he pins Romans 8 and he, he writes about the Christ life being spirit-filled, he writes with the heart of an evangelist that says, now that I'm spirit-filled, I'm also burned for the lost. And I would say, child of God, you'd have a burden too if you get filled with the Spirit of God. 
I have personally noted that until you get filled with God, you won't have the burden for the loss that you need. And I've also personally noted that you'll not have the burden you need until you walk with God and hear from God about people's condition. And I've also learned that you'll not win them until you get that burden. I read this statement. I don't know who said it, and I wrote it down. The longer I'm in the faith, the further removed I seem to become to those for whom Christ died. That seems to be the truth about many believers that come to church, Brother Mark. The longer they walk with God, the further disconnected they are from the lost. And the further they get disconnected from the lost, the more they seem to care less. Child of God, it's time that we once again in the church get a burden for lost people. It seems that few seem to care about the lost. Friends, I want you to know this. I don't know the statistics of liberty. I don't live in liberty. I don't know the statistics in liberty. But I will guarantee you, I'll guarantee you, there's lost people all around you. And if you're going to be the church that God wants you to be, if you're going to be the Christian God wants you to be, you need to get a heartbeat for the lost. They need to know around liberty that Liberty First Baptist Church cares about them. And they need to know and they need to hear that Jesus Christ died for them. If you don't tell them, the lost world sure not going to tell them. It's time that we get a Holy Ghost burden for the lost. A passion. Verse number one, I find sincerity. I want you to notice with me in verse number one that there's at least three witnesses to the sincerity of Paul for the lost. First of all, there is the Son of God. Paul writes, inspired of the Lord, I say the truth. Now notice this, in Christ. Here, Paul is speaking about his union with the Lord. He's speaking about his relationship with Christ. He's talking about his position in Christ. And Paul had a testimony that, had, that God had changed his life. Can I ask you a question before I go any further? Do you have a testimony that God has changed your life? Do you have a testimony? See, Paul's testimony is recorded in Acts chapter 9. But you find in Acts chapter 9 that, that Paul was, was going out to persecute the church. He done went and got the letters that he could persecute the church and, and beat them and throw them in jail and prison. But on that Damascus road, the Lord called out in his name and there Paul met the Lord and he had a testimony that his life had been changed. He went from one who wanted to, to hurt the church to one who wanted to help the church. He went from one who wanted to persecute the church to another who wanted to preach the Christ. He had a testimony that his life had been changed. And here he says, I, I speak to you. I'm giving you the truth in Christ. 
based upon my testimony, based upon, I want you to catch this, this is so good, based upon the work of the Son of God in my life. Hey church, listen, if God will get in you, He'll want to tell others how they can get in Him. Y'all didn't hear that. If God gets in you, He'll want to tell others how they can get in Him. And so he talks about his position in Christ. And here's what I wrote down. I'm, I'm paraphrasing in Paul's own language. Here's what he says. I'm telling you the truth as a Christian. I'm telling you the truth as a believer. You know my old life. God's changed me Uh, from time to time, I go back to Anderson, and, and from time to time, I'll run into somebody who will say, he's a preacher, Dennis. You know why? Because they knew the old Zach. Uh, they've not been blessed and highly privileged, amen, to meet the new Zach. Every now and again, somebody on Facebook will say, Man, I can't believe he's a preacher. Hey, but I've got a testimony that because Christ has entered in and the Son of God is my Savior, I, I've got a new story to tell. I've got a new life to live. And you see, the sincerity is based on the work of the Son of God. And Paul is saying, this Son of God who changed my life, He can change yours. There's the witness of Christ in Him, the hope of glory. There's the witness of the Son of God. And all the difference that he can make, but then there's the witness of his self-conscious. My conscience also bearing me witness. You know what I believe he's saying right there? Well, there's an inner voice. How many of you remember before you saved, there used to be this voice that would tell you just to keep on doing what you wanted to do. But now that you've gotten saved, that, that inner voice uh, has changed. There's a new one. There's a new man speaking on the inside. There's a new woman speaking on the inside of you. There's a new conscience. There's a new life that's being lived in you. And this conscience is now the conscience of God living in you that would clash with the old you. But hallelujah, aren't you glad that when you get in Christ and He not only changes your life, He changes your mind and He changes your thinking and He changes your want to. And Paul says, I'm telling you, the Son of God made a difference in me and because the Son of God's made a difference in me, I have a new conscience that's leading me to live differently. I don't know about you, but I don't live like I used to because I don't want to live like I used to. I don't go to the same places. I noticed, dear brother, that you sang with Home with the Heart the other night. Has your life been changed? Do you go to the same places? Do you want to go to the same places? You know why? Because the man on the inside changed his want to and changed his desire. And Paul says, oh, I'm telling you, I've got a new conscience. My conscience bears witness that God has changed me. But I believe he's saying that my conscience bears witness that I care about the Lord. 
but not only is there the self-conscious, there's the Spirit of God. Also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful that God, our Lord Jesus, came through the virgin womb of Mary, lived a sinless, perfect life. I'm glad that our Lord Jesus was the sacrificial lamb slain for you and me. I'm glad that the Lord Jesus got up from the grave on that third glad and glorious day. But I'm also thankful that Jesus said, I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm thankful that Jesus said, it is needful for you and me that I go because I'm going to send you one that's going to live on the inside. Hey, you know what Paul says? That sweet spirit of God bears witness in my life that I've been changed, that he's Lord, that he's Savior. But that same spirit of God will bear witness that I care about the lost. Let me ask you a question. Does the Spirit of God know that you love lost people? I wrote down that a conscience that is subject to the Holy Spirit is a conscience that is surrendered to the Word of God. Perhaps tonight you just need to get under old-fashioned conviction and say, Lord, I want to get back in your word. I want to dig back into your word. I want to let the word lead my life. Martin Luther said, My conscience is captive to the word of God. You know what he's saying? My conscience can't just do what it wants or think what it wants. It thinks what the word of God has taught it to think. Well, wouldn't that be a good thing, preacher? If, if every one of us in here said, my mind can't even think but what the Word of God wants me to think. Boy, how would we be changed? Paul is saying, if you could examine the motives of my heart, my own conscience gives testimony to my heart, and the Holy Spirit bears witness that I have a concern for you. Child of God, there's sincerity in Paul's life. Does God the Son live in you? Has your conscience been changed? Does the Spirit of God, would the Spirit of God bear witness that you have sincerity for the lost? I don't want anyone in here to answer this question. You say, preacher, I love the lost. I want them to be saved. When's the last time you told somebody? Well, preacher, it's probably been a year or so. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But you don't have a passion for lost people. If it takes a year for you to tell one, you don't have a passion for the lost. All day long, God's given me opportunity to share. On my way here tonight, there was a woman driving and it, I stopped at the Liberty Ingalls to put some gas in the car. And there was this little old woman that drove up, and she parked the car right in front of my car. And I thought, what in the world are you doing? There's a car here. But she got out, and she slowly stumbled over to the little 
thing that you use to wash the windows. And I said, ma'am, can I do that for you? She said, oh, no, you're way too dressed for me to, to do this to my car. I said, well, I don't mind, ma'am. You know why I didn't mind, Brother Mark? Because I was going to tell her about Jesus. And I said, ma'am, here's a good place to start. You got a church home? Oh, yes. Oh, honey, let me tell you about Jesus. I mean, she just started telling me. I said, ma'am, wash it yourself. I wanted to witness to you. No, I didn't. I went ahead and finished. But I wanted to tell her about Jesus, and she was inviting me to her church. I said, I said you know what I said? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? If you're not telling people about Jesus, I, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you don't have a passion. You can't relate to Paul in this text. There's a sincerity. Verse 2, there's the sorrow. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. Speaks of at least three things in this verse of Scripture dealing with Paul's sorrow. First of all, it speaks of a pain. When, when the Bible says here that he had great heaviness, the idea of that great heaviness is great sorrow, great burden. He's saying, I've got tremendous grief because they're lost. He's literally saying, I'm broken hearted because they're dead and without Christ. But what the text indicates, if you understand the text, is that every single day it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. You know what Paul's saying? I, I'm, I'm, I'm burdened. With such a burden that it even brings pain. But I have found in the average Baptist church member that just the opposite is true. When we first get saved, we have a glowing love for lost people. We want everybody to know it. But then over time, it begins to wane, Brother Mark. We used to tell everybody. Now we don't tell anybody. Brother Mark, sometimes I'd witness to myself in the mirror. I mean, I was so lost, I needed it again. Amen? But it seems to wane. You've got to keep on letting God stir up that inside of you. Paul says there's pain in this passion. John Knox prayed, Oh God, give me Scotland or I die. You know what he said? If, God, if you don't let me win Scotland, I'm going to die. Boy, that's a sorrow. David Brainerd wrote, a great missionary wrote, I was making my way through the snow to my place of study. God burdened my heart for the Indians. Now remember, he's out in the snow. I prayed for them until sweat poured from my body. speaks of persistence that I have great heaviness and notice this continual sorrow persistence unceasing consuming Paul said I was so burned it consumed me 
I, be, I really believe that Paul is so burdened and so consumed that he can't even find adequate words, Brother Mark. How long has it been since you've been so burdened that it consumed you, that lost people would get saved? Story says a young preacher boy went to Spurgeon, and this young preacher just preached right in the shadows of Spurgeon's church. He was somewhat jealous of Spurgeon. And he went to Spurgeon and said, well, What's the secret? Why, why do people get saved every week here at your church? But nobody gets saved at my church. And Spurgeon asked him, said, Well, do you expect people to get saved every week at your church? And that young preacher said, Well, I know I, I don't expect people to get saved every week. Spurgeon said, There's the difference. I expect them to get saved every week. Hey, listen, you know what Paul, you know what, you know what Spurgeon is saying? I got a burden and I got an expectation. And I believe if I preach and God draws them, that God will save them. Hey, listen, you need that kind of burden that is unceasing, that it consumes you, that it overwhelms you, that their lost condition, you can't get over it. So you keep praying. And you keep praying. And you keep sharing. And you keep sharing until what? Until they get saved. Or you go to heaven. Speaks of passion. Hope and pray you've heard the passion. We ought to have passion for lost people. Sitting in this room right now are four men that are on our Jones Avenue men's prayer team. Brother Dennis over here. Preacher back here, Jim Mullins. Brother Thad Bagwell and myself are part of a men's group that meets every Tuesday. Brother Jim, tell me how many years have we been meeting? Eight years. We have 141 names on our list that we call out their name every Tuesday morning. You say, man, that's a lot of people. Y'all don't have effective prayers. Over 70 have been saved. Over 70. We pray for missionaries by name every week. Hey, listen, child of God, there ought to be a passion in your soul to see lost people saved. There ought to be a burning, red-hot passion, Brother Mark, that this coming Sunday, what is that, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, four days from now, what time is Easter service? At 10.15, this place ought to be running over with people because you have such a burning passion that you call everybody you know you go to everyone on your street and you tell them Jesus loves them and you tell them Jesus will save them and you beg them to come to church you say oh preacher there's no way we can pack the church not with that attitude preacher there's no way we can win liberty not with that attitude but you can if you say oh Lord give me liberty or I'm going to die. Passion. Passion. Passion will make a difference. Let me ask one more question. I'm going to move on. I'm about to, I'm about to be done. Here, here's the question. I wrote it down this way. Do you really care if people go to heaven or hell? You ought to have a passion for lost people.
You ought to leave out of this church tonight. During an invitation, you ought to come and beg for God to save them. You ought to leave out of this church tonight doing this. Making phone calls. Sending out text messages. Reaching them however you can. Let, let me give you a third. I said the sacrificial. Not only do we see the sincerity and the sorrow of Paul, but we see the sacrificial heart of Paul for the lost. Verse number three. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. First of all, it's seen in his Christ-like life. Paul says, I could wish myself were a curse. You know what Paul's saying? The word accursed literally means to be damned or condemned. Paul says, I could wish that I could be condemned or damned that they would get saved. Now, you and I know we've read Romans chapter 8, amen? What can separate me from the love of Christ? Nothing, amen? So we know that that is not a reality. Paul cannot be separated from Christ. Paul could not be unsaved. That, that is not Baptist doctrine. That is biblical doctrine. You know what Paul's saying? I'm, I'm so in love with Jesus. My life has been so transformed by Jesus. If it were even possible, I would do it so they'd be saved. You know what I see in that? I see a Christ-likeness. Our Lord Jesus left the portals of glory, left all the splendors of heaven, came to a sin-cursed earth and took on the flesh of man, carried his cross up the Via Della Rosa and was crucified on Golgotha's tree for you and for me. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the sons of God. You know what Paul is saying? If I could be like Christ, I'd be like Christ and I'd be accursed, condemned so that you would be saved. I like what Johnny Hunt said about this. He said, don't try to analyze this statement. For it was not spoken under the coolness and the calmness of logic. You know what it was spoken of? You know what it was spoken under? A deep, deep, passionate desire to see all of his lost family saved. I wrote down, here's the eruption of a man with a burden. Brother Mark, you know why we don't see more people getting saved? We don't see more people with a burden. But then it's seen in his Christ-like love. He said, I wish myself a curse for who? My brethren. My kinsmen according to the flesh. He said, I want my family saved. I want my friends saved. I want my neighbors saved. I want all the Jews saved. Can I translate that to you and me today? I want my family in Liberty, in Easley, in Pickens, in South Carolina. I want them all saved. I want everyone on my street saved. I want everyone in my county saved, my community saved. I want everybody in my state saved. I want everybody in my country saved. Hey, listen, you know what he's saying there? I, I want to love them like Jesus loves them. 
And the greatest way you can love them like Jesus is to tell them about Jesus. Here's the question. Do you love them like Jesus? Well, that's a good question. Sometimes I have to answer, I haven't shown them. I haven't loved them. William Booth, powerful soul winner, founder of the Salvation Army, was one time asked, do you think you have the best witness in school in the world? Booth said, no, I don't think I have the best witness in school in the world. He was asked him what would be the best. William Booth said, if I could take every one of us down into the pits of hell for just a moment and experience for one second what hell is really like, we'd come back with a burning zeal to tell everybody about Jesus. You say, I don't believe that. Read Luke chapter 16. That lost man in hell all of a sudden wanted to become a witness. Not to go there. Liberty First Baptist Church tonight. If this revival closes and stops. It will be on you. But if this revival spirit continues. It will be because you've met business with God. You've gotten right with God. And God is so moved and God has so shaken your heart and shaken your church that it doesn't stop tonight, but we carry on and you keep on reaching people for Jesus. Brother Mark, you come. Musicians, come. Tonight, First Baptist Liberty, will you answer the call? Do you have a passion for the lost? Perhaps tonight that passion for the lost begins with you coming down to this old-fashioned altar and saying, God, rekindled my fire. God, rekindled my love for you. And God, rekindled my love for lost people that need the gospel. Maybe it comes by fresh surrendering to the Lordship and leadership of Christ. Would you stand with me, Father? In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray you'd move upon this church. Move throughout this sanctuary. Draw men, women, boys, and girls unto Jesus. Lord, I pray tonight that this church would be set ablaze with a fire from on high. God loving lost people. Wanting to reach lost people. Wanting to tell lost people about Jesus. And Father, I pray tonight that because this church has been through a real revival, God, that liberty would be shaken, lost people would be saved, and the town would never be the same again. Father, move. Draw people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As our music leader begins to sing, you come right now. Step out from that pew. Find your way down to this altar and pray. Would you come right now? Don't wait. Who'll be, who'll be next? Several already come. Amazing. You need someone to pray with you? Your pastor's here. Won't you come tonight? Say, Pastor, pray for me that, that I get that bird again. 
like Several have already come. Who'll be next? Say, Lord, stir me up. I want to reach my sister, my brother, my mom, my dad, my son, my daughter. I want to reach my co-worker for Christ. Who come? Who come? Was blind, but now I see. Friend, your lost friend needs you to pray for them. Pray God will fill you with His Spirit. You might tell them the wonderful truth of Jesus. Won't you come? Won't you come right now? And grace my fears relieved. Still time. You come tonight. That grace Baptist Liberty, I'm praying that in the days to come, you're going to see more and more souls saved. I pray you have the highest water bill in Liberty. Amen. You say, Preacher, don't pray that. Yes, sir, I'm praying that. Won't you come tonight? Do you know that you're saved tonight? Maybe you can't come and pray for lost people because you've never been saved. Won't you come right now and receive Jesus as Lord? And Savior of your life. Won't you come? And grace will lead me home. You come. The Lord has Notice this verse. The Lord has promised good to you. I want to challenge one of you tonight. I want to challenge you tonight to come and tell your pastor you love him. He prays for you. Won't you pray for him? Won't you come tonight? Mark, I'm done.
sweet spirit we have in this place tonight. I think the Lord is glorified. And I'm going to ask musicians, if Valerie, she'll play through another verse. You know, maybe maybe you're that close, almost persuaded, and you're thinking, man, I was, I was thinking, I was hoping he might shut it down right now. But no, I feel like maybe there's something, there's someone God's speaking to. We want to give you an opportunity tonight. Would you come? I'd love to pray with you. Maybe someone here tonight, maybe the Lord's speaking to you about a burden for the lost because you're lost. Maybe God is revealing that to you. It's hard to have a burden for the lost if, you, if you've never been brought from death to life and you've never experienced His amazing grace. Maybe God's speaking to you tonight. Why don't you trust Him as your Lord and Savior? I encourage you to come. One other verse. Don't delay. Was, found, was lost, but now I'm found. <laughs> if that's your testimony tonight, I, uh, I just pray that, that that will motivate us and lead us. As Zach was saying, we ought to get on the phone and, and we think about uh, warning someone. You remember uh, Zach saw the person laying in the road at the motorcycle wreck? Uh, there, there, there's a warning for people. People are headed for a whole lot worse, even though I can't imagine uh, an, an accident like that. But we think about, and I heard on the radio today, this lady was talking about how, you know, we have such a mess. No, it's tragic. It's worse than that. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. It's more than just a mess. But if you've been saved, then the blood of Jesus has washed your sin away. And the reality is, we don't know what tomorrow will hold. And if God's laid someone on your heart, it could be that God wants to use you so that he might do a wonderful work of bringing them from death to life. And so um, we've got a cross right here with some names on it. Some of those names have been up there for a while. Maybe you might want to add a name to that cross. But the reality is there's a, there's a hell to shun and praise God a heaven to gain. And let's take somebody with us, praise God. I pray that we'll make those phone calls. We'll reach out, you know, to our neighbor, co-worker, family member. And we'll have that burden. God, give us that burden like the Apostle Paul shared that Pastor uh, Zach preached to us about tonight. God, give us that burden. And perhaps there might be one or two here, I pray more than that, that will be here on Easter Sunday because we had that burden and we reached out to them. And then I pray it won't be long, we'll be filling that baptistry and celebrating believers' baptism. Let's have that burden. God, give us that burden. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come before you. And, and Lord, I just want to say thank you Lord, for the truth that we have heard tonight. It's true, not because I love Preacher Zach and I appreciate his friendship and what he does. It's true because it is the uh, Word of God. It's true. It's inerrant, infallible, inspired, and what your Word has to say is sufficient. It's enough. And so, Lord, help us tonight, Lord, to, to be doers of the Word. Lord, to take what you have, have given us tonight. Not only tonight, Lord, but each night. God, as you have spoken, help us, Lord, to say yes to you and be obedient and never be the same again. Help us to close the door to the past and may we never be the same and may we be different. Having a burden for the lost, Lord, walking and talking with you, getting ever closer to you, 
being in Christ and led and filled by the Holy Spirit of God. Help us, Lord, to know when you would want us to speak to somebody about their salvation because we're in tune with you and we're close to you. God, do a mighty work. And I'd love Liberty First Baptist. All those tonight are so kind, Lord, that came forward. It just encourages my soul. And I want to say thank you for them, dear Lord. And help us now, Lord, to be a lighthouse for this community that we so often pray that people will see Jesus in us. We thank you again for this week of revival. And Lord, I pray that it's already been prayed, that it'll be the start. God, that we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. God bless and good night. Thank you so much.